welcome. Thank you for joining me today. I think you're really going to enjoy the program because today we're going to get to, to begin kind of a, a two or three day series on, on things that are taking place in the news and all of them showing how relevant the Word of God is. To me, it's amazing that, that the Bible that we have, the inspired Word of God, was written two to 4,000 years ago. And yet what it talks about is exactly what's taking place in the news. And so today, we're going to be looking at, at several different things as we start our study, some of them concerning Israel, some concerning uh, the alignment of nations and, and uh, situations that are, that are taking place in the world. Some of them, if I didn't know Christ, they, they really would be frightening. But isn't it wonderful to know that God's word is never caught off guard? Matter of fact, we're going to be reading some verses in John's Gospel, chapter 14, but to me, it's very interesting that, that here's one of the things that the Bible says. John chapter 14, verse 29. And now I've told you before it comes to pass that when it is coming to pass, you might believe. Isn't that great? He said, I'm going to tell you ahead of time so that as it does take place, you'll know that I knew. And, and a, a similar verse is found later in, in the Gospel of John. He says the same thing. Look, he said, I'm, I'm telling you these things in advance. Now, he was talking to them particularly about the crucifixion and the resurrection that he would experience himself. And so he says, look, I'm going to tell you. He'd even tell them, we're going to Jerusalem. I'm going to be betrayed by, by, by men, my own disciple. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be beat up. And yet I'm going to come alive again. And so he said, I'm telling you things ahead of time so that when they occur, you'll know that I knew. John chapter 13, similar idea. Now I tell you before it comes, that when it is coming to pass, in other words, as it is taking place, you might believe that I am who I say I am. How wonderful to know that this proves the validity of Jesus as the Messiah and proves the validity of the Word of God. So here's the passage, John chapter 14. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Receive unto myself, that where I am, there you may be. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not where you go. How can we know the way? And Jesus said unto him, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me or but through me. Several things are important. Number one, he understood that there would be things that would frighten their heart. Now, you see, in that particular case with the disciples, he was talking about the crucifixion, the persecution that was going to come up on the early church, and, and particularly the, the, the mistreatment, the, the, the mishandling of a trial, and eventually the crucifixion of Jesus. He knew that their heart would be troubled. But he assures them, you know what? I'm going to leave you, but I'm going to prepare a place, you know, Here's what I like to say. He said, I'm going to go, and he did. And he said, I'm going to come again, and he will. So his promise of coming again is just as sure as his promise that he would go. And then Thomas said, well, how can we know the way? Jesus said, look, I am the way. Here's how we know the way. Because if we know Jesus, then we know the way. So that's just a few things that I want to put in your mind as we come. Because as you look at some of these things, they may be frightening. 
if you don't know Christ, I'm sure they're frightening. They should be frightening because it's God's warning to us that his word is true, his word is relevant, and I think it's God's way of saying prepare because the Bible is true. The judgment of God is going to come on earth because of sin and because we've turned our back on Jesus Christ. Well, I'm going to begin with the aspect of, of Israel because Israel's kind of God's time clock. And, uh, and among the things that, that I want to show you is that there's trouble on all sides for Israel. Time and time again, I show you the little map of Israel. Here it is, this little speck. Matter of fact, when I put my finger up here, I cover all of Israel. And it's surrounded by, by, by hundreds of millions of people. And... Uh, and in most cases, there are people that would like to destroy Israel. But today, I want to show you that, that the, the trouble for Israel is not on all sides, but it's even from within. Here's what I mean. Take a look at this article. Benvir party asked to reshape the Temple Mount. As you know, uh, a huge controversy is the Temple Mount area. Why? Well, it's such an important area. It's the, the premium area for the nation of Israel because all the great sacrifices were done on the Temple Mount. This is the, the so-called Eastern Gate or the Golden Gate. You can see it here. If we continue where the writing is, that would be the Mount of Olives, the Kidron Valley separating the Mount of Olives and, and the Eastern Gate. And this is called the, the Teaching Steps. These are uh, stories from the Book of Acts took place here. Alaska Mosque, an important place to the Islamic religion. Dome of the Rock, important place to the Islamic religion. But this has become a, a great point of controversy because you see, the status quo, when, when Israel won back the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, they said that they would allow people who were praying, doing other religious services, not Judaism, but other religious services, to continue. After a period of time, then those people began to say, you know what, the, the mountain is ours, the Temple Mount is ours. And, and Israel has no right. And so Ben-Vir came, and he's part of the new party that's in power. And wow, has he done some incredible things. And here's what. You see, he goes back and says, we can establish the, uh, the, the ownership of the Temple Mount, how important it is. It starts with Abraham and Isaac. It goes to, to Solomon's Temple. We, we've talked about other things. I think there'll be a day when they're going to do sacrifices to using the ashes of the red heifer and a purified priesthood. And that's the place I believe that the Antichrist is going to stop the sacrifice, set up an image to himself, and encourage all the world to worship him. And if not, you'll have to take a mark. And so already, as we've talked before, Israel is the hour hand, Jerusalem the minute hand, the Temple Mount the second hand, and we find itself in the news again. Because here's why. You see, Ben-Vir and the Jewish people are saying, can we just go up there and pray? And Jordanians who are in control of this right now, who, who monitor it, they're saying, no, you can't. And so that's the conflict. And the reshaping of the Temple Mount status quo is causing quite a stir. Matter of fact, I don't think that there's a, a political stir in the United States that's any bigger than the political stir that takes, is taking place right here on this. I show you this picture because it's so important to keep in mind that this is the focal point, not just now, but it's going to be the focal point when the Antichrist makes a treaty with the nation of Israel, promising to bring peace. And, and I think among the things he's going to say is, you know what, I'm going to let you resume sacrifices again. 
and then he's going to stop the sacrifice in the middle of the tribulation. This is the place where this is going to take place. And so I look at what is taking place. I look at the stir that's, that's been there the last month or two, and now this week in particular, it's unbelievable. Here's another uh, aspect of this. Here's Ben Veer. And uh, the plan was intended to carry out during Ramadan with Ben Veer, intending on visiting the Temple Mount. A special time, a special time for, for the Islamic religion. And he said, you know what, it may be a special time for them, but I still have the right to come up there and to pray. And so let me tell you that this is bringing incredible excitement. Not just a religious excitement, mind you, but it's going to carry on to the political factors as well. And I'm going to show you these connections coming together. I say this because, you know what, um, I have a love for Israel. And uh, I, I want you to know that these things are, are so potent and, and so political and, and so poised for action. Look at this. They actually found the plot to assassinate the national security minister, Ben Veer. Yeah. So here he is. And there was a, a plan to assassinate him on the Temple Mount as he went to pray. That, that's how bad, that's how strong the, the hatred is. Well... Not just the religious area, but take a look at this headline. Here's uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. He and his wife go, and they went to Samaria. Now, Samaria is a, a little bit of a hotbed. Remember, it was uh, a place that Jesus visited when he visited the, the woman at the well. So it's north of Jerusalem for a bit. But, but here's what he says. This abominable murder, if they could, they would murder us all until the last one. They want to uproot us from our homeland. We need to deepen our roots, our presence here. And in the end, this is the battle in which we will win. And we will win it. And so when he went to visit a home, the home that he visited was actually someone who lost somebody in terms of what we would say in this state, a, a riot. Wow. This is why my sympathy is with these Israelis. Because, you see, they defend themselves... When was the last time you heard of a Jewish man attacking a person of another religion, be it Christian, Islam, Hindu, Buddhist? They don't. But they are continually attacked. And so the prime minister goes there. That would be like the president. His wife goes there. And as they're offering sympathy, they actually are threatened with their life. That would be like threatening the president. That would be like threatening the, the, uh, one of the, the cabinet members of, of this country. We would never put up with that. We shouldn't put up with that. No matter how much you disagree, you shouldn't put up with the threat of assassination. But that's what's taking place. And I don't think people understand how, how sensitive this is. And we're talking about distances of a matter of, of 30, 40 miles. All this is packed into to this very area. Well, it doesn't stop just in that. We have another aspect of trouble within, the political divide. We've quoted this man on a number of occasions, Yaval Noah Harara. And, and this man is, um, uh, while he's Jewish, he's a professor, but he's really an atheist by his own confession. He's against Judaism. He's against Christianity. And, and, he's, and, he, and now he's against the, the present government of Israel. And so actually, he is trying to, to bring about a coup, because he said what's going on is anti-democratic. And so he pr protests against the, the government in, in Israel. 
I don't mind a protest. I don't mind when a person disagrees, but it's when they become violent. And this guy is actually exciting, uh, trying to excite violence. Wow. Do you see that Israel is in turmoil? And again, I say this because you see they're looking for peace. And so the message of Jesus was this. You know what? There's turmoil. The turmoil is going to result in the crucifixion of Jesus. But, but the turmoil between the Jews and the Romans, it not only began then, but remember there came a time when Rome would destroy the city of Jerusalem and burn down the temple. And Jesus' words were this, let not your heart be troubled. And so this is why I say, wow, you know what? These people need a dose of these words, let not your heart be troubled. Why? Because God has a plan. We need to follow that plan. And, uh, and so among the things they say is that there's a, his new government is headed for a Jewish identity crisis. Political divide. You know what? Trouble within, trouble without. Plenty of trouble without, and we're going to be looking at that. But I, but I want you to understand that in Israel right now, the political factions are just as deep as they are in America with Republicans and Democrats, conservatives and liberals. Wow. You see, it's, it's a tough thing. I, I don't know how a, a leader could stand for all that because, you see, when all this is going on, yet on the other front is this, the Ukrainian war against Russia terrorism. And so here's the trouble within. Pressure from without because, you see, the Ukrainians are saying, we need help. Now, why would, why would they help the Ukrainians? Well, I'll tell you why. Because Russia has, has posed Israel as an enemy. And so sometimes people say, you know, my, my new friend is the, is the enemy of my enemy. And so Ukraine comes because they know that Russia has designs on Israel. And, uh, and so we're, we're looking at this the whole idea of, of helping the Ukraine. As you know, I've said on several occasions, I don't trust the leader of the Ukrainians. No, I, I think he's about as wicked a man as, as Mr. Putin. But Putin is terribly against Israel. And so that's why Israel finds themselves, you know what, they're in a, a no-win situation. Because if they help the Ukraine, then Russia is going to make them pay for it. And, and they have several ways. And before we're done, in the next couple of days, I'm going to show you how those ways are already beginning to take place. Well, here's another story that I think you should be aware of, and that's this. Syria and Iran accuse Israel of double crime. And this is after the, the strike at the airport. You see, the, the political divide that's taking place is this. Syria, Turkey, hit with an earthquake. Believe it or not, Israel took aid into Turkey, offered aid into Syria, took some, but offered aid, turned down. But what is interesting is that Iran used this as a cover to try to bring additional weapons. And so additional weapons were brought in from Iran in Syria to be used against Israel and Israel's intelligence knew exactly where it was. And so, you know what they did? They did. They, they, they blew it up. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I think they have every right to defend themselves. And there's a number of documented pictures that show that what they blew up wasn't a school, wasn't a hospital, wasn't homes. But it was buildings in which they were putting ammunition and supplies 
to be used later against Israel. And so Israel, I showed you the little spot. <laughs> and so, again, they live by this decree that our best defense is a good offense. And so that's some of the aspects that we're watching go on. You know what the Bible said? Let not your hearts be troubled. There's going to be trouble, but I'm going to give you security. Matthew 24, again, it says that there's going to be wars, rumors of war. There's going to be nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And so this idea that, that we have um, trouble and wars coming on the inside, it's exactly what the Bible said would take place in the last days. Well, there's another development that I want to talk to you about, and I think this one is also striking. And so I'm going to de de uh, describe it in this way, Iran's nuclear power. As you take a, a look at this map, and, and you see little Israel here, and you see Iran, and in between Israel and Iran, you'll notice that we have Syria and, and Iraq, and Jordan are, are among those, those borders that you have to cross. And the Bible talks about how that Russia will invade out of the north. You can see how that's exactly the direction. And so you can only imagine as, as Israel sees these neighbors, many of them mentioned in Ezekiel 38, you can see why there would be such concern. Small, surrounded, completely surrounded by, by the enemies the Bible talks about. But a particular threat is from Iran. And the reason I say that, it's the, it's the, the Bible country of Persia. That's how it's described in Ezekiel chapter 38. But in this particular case, here's the thing that, that's causing trouble. And it's this, that Iran, who has made it very clear that they want to attack. They're, they've been provoked to attack. They want to attack Israel. They call it the little Satan. And they want to attack the big Satan, and that's the United States. And among the reasons why this would be of concern is because, as you'll see, here's Mike Pompeo, former uh, ambassador, and I should say former Secretary of State, uh, a man who understands world problems, situations, and he understands Israel. And here's uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. And so here's what he does. They're concerned because Iran has, has reached 84% enrichment. Now, it appears to us, and I say us, it appears to, to outsiders looking in, that Iran is working on a way to enrich their, their nuclear power so that they can actually have a nuclear bomb. Right now, they don't, at least. But I think I showed you last week an article that said they think that within two weeks they could be ready. And so I don't blame Israel for saying, you know what, we're going to slow that process down. We're going to do whatever we can to stop that process. Don't be surprised because this is the thing that, that's being weighed right now is should Israel go and take out the the nuclear power plant. A few years ago, remember, they, they went in and they scrambled a program. It took them a year or two to, to get it back to normal. And they may want to do something again. I, I think this is a real threat. And here's why I say it's a real threat. Because you see, Iran has promised that they would deliver a payload to Israel. Now, among the things that, that we have, I'm going to go back a, a slide. I want you to know that now, Iran has said, we have missiles that will go from Iran to Israel. Matter of fact, these missiles are so good that they have recently taken 
missiles from Iran and taken them to Russia for Russia to fight the Ukrainians. So Russia didn't have the missiles, but Iran had the missiles. Now we're going to see that Russia has the, the nuclear know-how and Iran doesn't have it. And so now Russia's helping them in, increase their doping, increase their potency. And wow, do you see the powder keg? So here's what we're finding. We're finding that Iran, Russia, and we're going to see in just a few minutes, China lining up together, coming against everything they can to come against Israel, the United States, and, and democracies, and Christianity. Yeah, time and time again, we're watching this take place. So now as, as we go forward, the first concern is the enrichment up to 84%. Weeks away, maybe days away from being potent enough to deliver a nuclear bomb. Then here's the next thing. Russia just recently made a, a big point of this. They, they are no longer in the nuclear pact that they were in. You see, there was a time when they said, okay, we will not use nuclear weapons. But when the war again, from Russia and the Ukraine went to, to its anniversary, Putin, I think because he felt like he was losing, said, you know what? If we continue to, to suffer losses, he hates to say we're losing, if we continue to suffer losses, then he says, we may, we're, we're not going to pull off the table nuclear. Are they capable of it? Well, they didn't have a good delivery system, but I think they do now because Iran has supplied that. Do they have the potency with, with their nuclear enrichment? They certainly do. Matter of fact, that's why, that's why a number of years ago, when Russia entered into this START nuclear pact, everyone was relieved because they do have the potency to do it. And so I think we're watching something quite special when Russia says, you know what? We're going to be able to, we want to be able to defend ourselves, and it means we use nuclear as either a threat or a reality. We're going to do it. Now, again, stop for just a minute because if Israel said we're going to defend ourselves, then the United Nations takes a stand against them. And here's a much bigger country, Russia, and they say, you know what? Uh, we need to be able to defend ourselves. Let me ask you this important question. Do you think for a minute that Russia is just defending itself against the Ukraine? I would say that they're the aggressor. Yeah, it, it's very different. So Russia is trying to say, we're just like Israel. We're, we're just trying to defend ourselves. We, we want all, all the cards available to defend ourselves. I say it's very different. Israel is not attacking Iran until Iran makes threats against them. Russia is threatening and attacking the Ukraine. Totally different. One's offense, one's defense. And so I say, as I look at this, wow, you know what? I'm going to show you a headline that will actually say this. We're closer to a world war than we've been in since World War II ended. This is the closest we've been to world war. What did the Bible say in the last times? That there would be wars and rumors of wars. And we're certainly watching that take place. I don't know about you, but I look at this and I can say, wow, isn't it exciting to know that we have a Bible that is able to, to outline these things for us and give us clarity on them. And so I thank God for, for the word of God that we have. Right? A couple more things that we want to try to get time for in this lesson. And this is the alliance between Russia and Iran. And so here's the, here's the idea. 
drones and missiles being sent from Iran to Russia for the Ukrainian war. Some of the, the missiles and stuff that, that Russia had weren't even operable or operated poorly. Matter of fact, scuds from Russia have been launched out of Gaza and, and many of them land and never go off. I mean, that's how pathetically made they are. They've got new delivery systems now. And so the technical know-how to help is achieving nuclear power. Here's Putin and here's the Ayatollah meeting together. It's danger for Israel. It's danger for the United States. It's danger for the whole world. And these are exactly the nations that the Bible said in Ezekiel chapter 38, verses 1 through 6, would come against Israel in the last days. Here's what I'm going to tell you, folks. I believe that the world is lined up like the Bible said it would be for the last days. I think the very next thing on the, on the scene is for Christ to take the church out. That's why it's so important for us right now to be winning people to Christ. That's why it's so important right now for, for you to, to live as though this is the last days. Because you see, the Bible said that the person who's watching and waiting when Jesus comes, there's a special reward for them. He said this, if the householder would have known that the house was going to be broken into, he would have been watching. And so he says, just as the thief comes, the Lord's going to come. And, and he's given us warnings. And the warnings are the earthquakes that we see. The warnings are the pestilence we see. The warnings are the nations that we see. The, the warnings are, are the, the situation for wars and, and rumors of wars. All these things. The, the warnings are the fact that Israel's back in the land and that there would be a struggle for Jerusalem. Do you see that all of these things that we're talking about today, these are exactly the things that God promised would be in the end time. I think the very next thing on God's prophetic calendar is for Christ to come in the clouds with a shout, come up here. My friend, are you ready? You know, I think there might be people who, who are curious about current events. They're curious about the Bible. But maybe they've never accepted Christ. And so again today, I want to invite you. I want to invite you to, to do what the Bible said, to be ready to meet the Lord. It might be through the avenue of death because none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. We're not even guaranteed later today. Or it might be through the avenue of the Lord coming. Are you ready to meet him? And there's only one way to be ready. You, you can't get ready on your own. No matter how good you are, you're not good enough. It's like the little kid. He's trying to reach the stars. And, and so instead of just standing on the ground, well, he decides he's going to stand on the picnic table. And he puts his little hand up and he's going to, he's going to reach the stars. He's so far short of the stars, it doesn't matter whether he's standing on the table or on the ground. He's still far short of the stars. My friend, we're short of the standard that God has. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave Jesus. He sent Jesus to come to die on the cross, to shed his blood, to come alive again the third day. And here's what God has promised, that if you'll receive my son, if you'll accept him as the payment for your sin, if you'll admit you're a sinner, turn from your sin, receive the blood sacrifice of my son on the cross, I will give you eternal life. My friend, today, you could have eternal life. We live in, a, you can either say a scary time, or I'm going to say an exciting time, when all these things are coming true, exactly as the Bible said. But are you ready if Jesus comes today? And if you are ready, have you told your friends? Have you told your family? Maybe there's one person at work. Maybe there's one person that lives next door to you. 
you need to tell them about Jesus, do so today because the Bible is being fulfilled. We're living in the last days.